getting it. Welcome to episode four of the Riding the Pine prod podcast presented by KTSW Sports. We're going to start that over again. Yeah, that's so. Hey, welcome to episode four of the Riding the Pine podcast presented by KTSW Sports, breaking down the latest and greatest news in college sports world and beyond. If you missed any of our shows, you can find them find all of the KTSW podcasts on the Texas State Student Media SoundCloud account. Even more great stuff on the KTSW blog. I am Andrew Zimmel, joined by most valuable role player, the NVRP, Brendan Snow. After a long, you know, good five days off, guess guess I'm almost ready to be back. Had a long weekend. It's, let's dive into the Texas State sports. This is the worst, arguably the hardest week of the college year. You're coming back from Thanksgiving. You got Christmas right there on the horizon, but you have a bunch of finals to get through. First, get through those finals with us. We have a great show today, breaking down the last game of the Texas State football season, our last pennants, uh, before we can get in some actual fun sports. Then we have the rest of the Thanksgiving games and everything else that happened this long weekend. So stick around, you're going to want to listen to it. All right, well, welcome back, Brendan. I know you had a couple nice days off. I was in the studio the entire weekend, it felt like. I was uh, chained. I was chained to it, Brendan. Yeah, I, kept, I was seeing the group messages. You didn't have, we didn't have anybody else in town to, to help run the games, and you took one for the team. Shout out you coming out and putting all those games on the, the air this weekend. I got bamboozled. Listen, so I came in thinking I was only going to do the Texas State football game, which was a tragedy in itself. Ended up having to stay for the men's basketball game that didn't tip off till 10 p.m. Central Time. Then I came in, did the high school football game, switched over to women's basketball, switched over again to men's basketball. So I did five games in the span of two days. So you can say that I my week started a lot earlier. Oh, you're about to get a, a, a good-looking paycheck there after that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't do it for the money, Brendan. I do it for the success. The other thing I want to talk about is Thanksgiving. What was your kind of your favorite dish so far this year? This year, my family they did a I don't dressing. You know, stuffing. It's real, it's a real hit or miss thing. They hit it this year. Ooh, it was very solid. The stuffing. Also, they had some type of I don't know, I don't remember what they did to them. But they did something to their carrots. Oh. These are some really good carrots. They messed with the carrots. <laughs> the, the carrots and the stuffing are the two things that definitely stuck out to me. Not the turkey. I mean, turkey's all right. It wasn't people. People bashed on turkey a lot this year, going into Thanksgiving. Really, just on like social media, people were like turkey's overrated. Blah blah blah. Ham's better every single time. Stop it. The turkey was fine this year. Thanksgiving is built around the turkey. That's like the base of the pyramid on the food like pyramid of Thanksgiving. It goes turkey at the bottom, pumpkin pie at the very top. Okay, that's that's how the pyramid goes. You throw stuffing. You throw. I know you hate it. Green bean casserole, clutch. That's the Ray Allen. Of Thanksgiving food, I'm telling you, solid, very solid. Not, not a green bean guy at all. Just, just not my scene. You're terrible. So I want to get into another topic that has really hit the social media airwaves before we jump into Texas State football. Is getting young, married young. Okay, we get, we're getting to this point now, Brendan. I don't know about you, but I'm a grown man. But I'm not a grown grown man. Does that make sense? Yeah, at, yeah I live with you. Yeah. At 20 years old, I'm not getting married. But I'm going all over social media, seeing all these people from high school getting married at 20. I, I, some people, it's just different, different scenario, different situation. It, it might be what's more convenient for them. Uh, even though it sounds crazy that being married can be convenient, uh, a lot of times they'll have stuff. This age, a lot of times that stuff to do with the military. Not all the time, but a lot of times, you know, it, it, there's another bigger reason behind it rather than just they like each other. I don't co-sign that, man. These people say, "Oh, we dated for like two years." Listen, you were like 18. 
16 year old me and 18 year old me two completely different people 18 year old me and 20 year old me two completely different people like if 18 year old me met 20 year old me at a party 20 year old me would give him the cold shoulder hard okay uh, that's all i'm saying so this idea that like oh we can get married young stop it don't don't that's a bad idea yeah well dean i thought even when uh we were having this discussion last night. It was an argument last night. You were you were really really animate about it about something that really didn't have that much pull on you, which uh, intrigues me. I don't know if you're gonna go start like a campaign out in the quad or something. Be one of those. Um, what what's gonna have to end up happening is I'm just gonna have to go call my congressman and tell him, listen, we need to move the age of marriage up from 18 to like 24. Because I mean, like, think getting married at 18, dumb. 19, dumb. 20, dumb. 21. Dump, 22, dump, 23, okay, now you're making a little bit of an argument. Because I was saying, I'm not bringing somebody into my hectic life at 20 years old. I don't even have a base yet. I don't have, like, anything. Like, so why would I try to bring somebody into that? Sometimes it works better for people to get the base going together. Because I, I just from experience, I know my parents got married really young, but obviously it's different in every case. They met in the military, so that's one of the main reasons uh, that happened. But, uh, you know works out sometimes it works out for them sometimes i've i haven't seen the statistics but i'm pretty sure like they don't normally last long millennials don't last like last long at all period in anything we do we don't last long in our jobs we don't last long in our marriages all right so now i'm talking about something that lasted too long brendan the texas State football season ended up losing 60 i want to say yeah 62 to 9 this last saturday ended up losing by 53 points the over under for that game was 53 and a half so we lost by almost the over-under of that game. Yeah, it was not good at all. I didn't really pay much attention. I remember I was out with some friends. I got the notification. Black Friday shopping, probably. Yeah, I got, got an alert, and it said, halftime, Troy 41, Texas State 0. And I was like, I would not be tuning into this game at all. <laughs> thought it was like the end of the game score. No, so the rest of us had to suffer through this in 2-10 season again. Nothing's going to change, I don't think, Brendan, when it comes to the coaching staff. You have a couple guys that are leaving the team just because they're graduating. They run out of eligibility. So the team's going to pretty much come back a lot similar than it was this year. It's going to be a lot of the same kind of pieces that were here this year, coming in next year. But it's going to be, you know, one more year of education under the belt. I don't know. I don't know how good this team's going to be in year, I guess, year two, if you go by the zero year, year three. I don't know how good this team's going to be in year three. Definitely going to be better than they were, I, I believe, in these last two years. Uh, yes, they won two games this year, just like last year, but you can see they, they, they look better all around still. They, their units played better. Their statistics looked better. Their games were closer. They did look like a better team, even with all these moving parts and you know one of the youngest rosters in all of the nation. So that's, that's definitely something to look forward to next year. Older team, more experience, more of Everett Withers' guys in there and uh, in their spots. And like we said, the coaching staff having another opportunity to keep molding them and changing them and turning into turning them into the players that they want to have in their system. So we're on I I mentioned take take 2. Texas you mentioned you just talked a little bit about uh Brendan. You talked about how the Texas State men's uh or the, the football team is you know garbage. We're going to jump into this argument right now Brendan about the year zero versus, you know, year one kind of take. And for the people that don't understand the take, this is how it goes. They say the first year a head coach comes into any, you know, job, he gets a year grace period. So that first year's record really doesn't, shouldn't stain him uh, for his tenure here. Personally, we talked about this earlier on podcasts. 
um, if you get a paycheck, your record counts. Like that's how it works. So for for people to argue, oh, this you know first year, this is actually year one. Like last year doesn't count. This is actually year one. Well, I mean, those players that played last year, they lost a year of eligibility. The alums that gave money, they don't get their money back. You know, so to me, this is year two going into year three. You have a three-year grace window to kind of turn the ship around. And I mean, that might not be completely fair, but that's how it works. Yeah, the year one, yeah, you can't just completely, you know, not take anything away from it. There's still plenty of things to take away from it. Uh, like we always say, Withers and his guys, he came in on, you know, a bunch of those uh, – Franz, co- Franz players. He, you know, he cut players out of the out of the program. Uh, pretty strict policy on that, and keeping the guys he wants in there, getting the guys he needs to fit his scheme that he wants to run. Like you know, one of the first things was was getting that more that more mobile quarterback. Moving on from Ty- with Tyler Jones graduating, he re- he immediately went and brought Demi Williams across and Willie Jones a third. Uh, some players that can run a more option offense that he wants. Uh, so. Yes, and just like in year two, we said we won two games, year two, two games in year or year one or zero, whatever you want to call it. But we saw year one in year one, two and ten. Year two, two and ten. Year three, the bar is set at five. That's what I'm getting from a lot of my alums, kind of the people talking about around the league. That's where they want to be at five wins next year. Which I mean, if we're gonna be a hundred percent completely bare bones honest, that really was like kind of think the expectation this year. I think five wins was not you know something. To really gripe at Sam, the Sam or the Sunbelt Conference isn't great. Like it's not. I'm I'm sorry. I love the Sunbelt Conference. I love our commissioner and stuff. But it's not a great conference. We don't have a bunch of really great schools. We have about three, you know, superb schools that are going to go play in bowl games and probably win. Troy, App State, App State, Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Those are about the three. And then you know you got like other teams kind of floating around. Georgia State really has a resume, but. They're kind of a floater. Monroe and Lafayette, they're both float around that area. And then Texas State should be a floater. <laughs> should be you could, you could argue, oh, they're having a down year this year. Oh, the next year they win five games. You lost a bunch of games this year. If you're a Bobcat fan, you lost a bunch of games this year by a couple scores, right? App State, couple scores. But Georgia a, State, a yard. <laughs> yeah, a yard. Georgia State, a three point loss. A couple games that ended up being ten point losses. You had a game that you know you should have probably won, and James Sherman threw a pick, a pick two pointer. Right, that that stuff can't happen. And I mean, you have an offense coordinator and Parker, or and uh, yeah, Parker Fleming, who isn't you know a very experienced play caller. You can totally see the playbook just closed in the fourth quarter in close games. Yeah, that's that's one thing I would look. I, I wanted to look at. We know, you know, no one in the coaching staff most likely not really going anywhere, or we would have we would have heard more about it by now, but. If there was a position to be be changed out, it'd be the offense coordinator spot. But Parker Fleming's been with Withers for a while back in his James Madison days. You know, uh, Everworth has brought a bunch of his coaches with him over, so he has a uh, you know a personal connection with him, and that's why he likes him. And I don't know we gotta hope to see something different out of him next year because you know look, you go through the score right here, as you see the last two games they scored twelve and nine points against the top two teams in the Sun Belt Conference in Arkansas State and Troy. That's never going to be acceptable, even if you want to try to be a mediocre team in the conference. Well, yeah, there's that. And there's also the idea that the secondary coach, uh, the cornerback coach, might end up leaving too. This is his, I think, second or third year with the team. So him leaving, the secondaries or, or the corners, essentially, have really been the weakest point on that Texas State defense. Something Coach Withers really, you know, strives to build is the defense side of the ball. So 
I mean, you have that, that is a position too that could kind of you know shift up a little bit. I want to move on to one more point on Texas State football, and this is going on to next season. Damian Williams, last year of eligibility, he's gone. Cut him out. So we only really have Willie Jones the third, and James or Nelson. So I mean, we don't have. We didn't see a whole lot of our, you know, smaller quarterbacks, our freshman quarterbacks this year. I'm not sold on Willie Jones. A lot of people are. I am not. Give me a reason why I should be sold on this guy. I guess you should be sold on him because this is going to be his team for next year, and I think probably the next, at least probably the next two years. Uh, so it, just, so just be it, content with what I'm getting. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what your expectations are for quarterbacks to get. Uh, you know, we've had what Tyler Jones and Barrick Neely come through here, but no, nothing much other. Big on the quarterback names, uh, like we said, this is, it has to be Willie Jones because, like we said, this is everywhere. This guy, he went and got him. He's got his his line's going to be even more improved next year with another year under them. The offense should ideally start to look better and move better, especially uh, some of these young backs like uh, Anthony Smith. He's he's had a really good year as a, as a true freshman. We've seen more of him next year, probably that featured back in the backfield, and the, the offense could start to really get some things done. So let me give you the counterpoint to that, Brendan. Willie Jones, we kind of talked about in, you know, the summer going into the beginning of the football season. Hey, this is going to be our guy for next year, right? Damian Williams is going to come in and, you know, help shape and form Willie Jones as time goes on. We only saw him throw about 35, excuse me, 35 passes this year. I can't really tell how good he is on 35 passes, right? We only saw him take a couple snaps underneath center, and a lot of those snaps were either in, you know, games where the Bobcats were either getting blown out or, you know, just handoffs, handing off to Anthony Smith, handing it off to, you know, Anthony Taylor. We didn't see a whole lot of this guy throw the ball. I don't know how good he's going to be, you know? So for me to say like, oh, like this is our guy for the future, I don't know. That, 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 that's the thing. We don't know what the springs and the summer workouts and those summer workouts look like because you don't know what any quarterback looks like. You don't know any fre- if they recruit. I don't think they are recruiting any quarterbacks, but you wouldn't know what any high school quarterback can give you. You don't know what Jalen Nelson is going to give you. Well, what I'm saying is like these guys have had a year of you know experience underneath their belt, and I don't know anything more about them, which is frustrating to me. You have an entire season to play with this guy to kind of figure out what we're going to get in the future. I didn't see any big bright sparks. You know, he had a pretty good he had an 80 yard throw earlier this season. I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot that I can gauge. Y'all said a very I, exactly. So I don't I don't I know what you're saying, but I, I you're, you're you're saying it a little too negatively. There's still a lot, there's still a lot more we could see. Uh, like we said, when they go when it comes to the spring workouts and all that, when you're getting first team reps every day, you're oh, the playbook's more opened up because he didn't have an open playbook at all when no, he was in the game. It was so close. Yeah. I, I think he ran the same three plays for every play he was in there. So. He, more, you know, now he's got some real game time experience under his belt. They're gonna get to practice it's whenever you know they start all that up again, and they're number, you know, the number one focus should be developing Willie Jones. I don't know, man. I just, I just wish I could have gotten more from this guy in year one. You unless, know, unless you want Hutch White, the next quarterback who on the season he's two for two, fifty-seven yards, two touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. Great quarterback. If well, what I'm saying, like, if if we're just gonna play with Willie Jones this season and not give him like you know an open playbook, we didn't really get to like you know see. What he has, we didn't get to see him throw any like you know red zones. We should have just started Hutch White. <laughs> really though, like when Damian struggled, we should have just put Hutch White back there and said, "Hey, go go get him, Tiger. Go go Wildcat offense." <laughs> uh, of course, I'm thinking that that was probably the best idea. So now shifting over to men's and women's basketball, who, who played a bunch of games this weekend. There's only really a couple. There's only one or two games I was really uh, you know high key on, and that was the women's basketball game. 
yesterday their home opener, or I'm sorry, Saturday their home opener, and then the last game that the Bobcats played in their men's against breast, can- breast cancer awareness in California. Yeah, the the women's team home opener Saturday against Fresno State. They 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 pulled that one out, so they've still been looking really good on this season. Now you know four and one that one loss coming to TCU. So watch out for that girls team, that women's team, and then they get the next three games at home too. Hosting Houston on Tuesday, Prairie View A&M next Saturday, and then UTSA on Tuesday after that. Uh, so they got a lot of a lot of home games coming up against some in-state teams. I want to jump into that home opener real quick. Toshua Levitt, who we knew was a, you know a very good uh, college basketball player from last year, this year comes out scores 28, career high. I want to say six of 13 from behind the arc, which is you know very kind of her game shooting uh, the long ball. Very impressive to open up the season. So now we've had a 44-point score, which is, you know, the career high, very close to the Texas State women's basketball team, you know, single season or single game high. But also we had a uh, player, you know, have their best game of the season. So I like where this team is going. They're swinging in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. And love to see that game out of uh, Joshua Levitt because you, that's one of the questions we've been throwing up out now, sort of similar to the men's team, who's going to be the other score, score. Taylor Deere is normally, you know, one of your top three scorers, game in and game out. Tasha Levitt, she, when she gets that shot falling, she puts up a lot of threes, and she's going to knock down, she's going to knock down a few every time. Uh, she can be big big scoring-wise. They've been trying to get the Holly Twins going, Erica May going, and just try to keep adding as much as much scoring as they can because this, this is a high offense team. You look at some of the numbers. 76 in the Fresno State win. They scored 70 against Texas Southern. 74 against Incarnate Ward. 87 against Tech. They they want to put up a lot of high numbers in offense. I think that's interesting, the polarity between the women's team and the men's team. Where the women's team will go up and down the court with you. The men's team more of, you know, grit and grind kind of team. I want to say that they were only giving up about 70-something points a game. So, that just the difference. The difference in type of you know coaching style between Coach Z and uh, Danny Casper, the men's head coach. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it's been it's been kind of different. Uh, coach Casper, that's just normally his philosophy. The more of a defensive team, uh, high percentage shots, not as much threes, get to the basket, have a a free freelance moving offense, try to pass and cut and go. Uh, coach Z, she's she adapts more around her roster. That's we saw that last year, and she said, we have a small team. We're going to have to be a shooting team. She knows what she has and knows how to work with it. So two, the two really good tech coaches here at Texas State both have their own little you know philosophy and styles. So moving on to that men's team, I know they sandwiched a loss in between two Ws in that uh, men against breast cancer awareness tournament. Yeah, they're playing out in, Calif- in Stockton, California over the weekend. Uh, week slash weekend because it started last Wednesday. They played Arkansas Pine Bluff, and they won that one. Comfortably, 71-54. And we said last week these were three games they should probably win eat handily and be on a little four-game win streak uh, after the week because they had that win against UT Rio Grande, Rio Grande Valley last week. But then all of a sudden that uh, that loss against, do you know exactly how it said? Kinesis? Kinesis is what we went with. Kinesis, they lose that one 68-62. In the game, they don't look really good. Nigel Pearson, only player to score double figures. The team turns it over 18 times. A little bit of a similar story we talked about. One score, a lot of turnovers, and free throws weren't as big as a factor. You know, they missed a couple, but they, they you can't blame that game on free throws. Then they bounced back on Saturday, and they beat Pacific 85-78. to Game looked better. Tyler Blunt was, was a big-time scorer. Also, Tyler Blunt led the team scoring that Arkansas Pine Bluff game. So really like what we've been seeing out of Tyler Blunt. 
kind of establishing himself as that second scorer. I know we talked about that a lot, the men's team not having a second score. It's really good to see Blunt come out and have that type of game. I know I had to I did both all all these games, it feels like, but that was kind of the narrative that I was trying to shift in there. That Tyler Blunt should be that guy uh, that the Bobcats need to lean a little heavier on. Because Nigel Pearson isn't that I don't personally I don't think he's a natural scorer. I think he needs to work to get his shots. I think Tyler Blunt is more of a natural scorer. I think he can get to the line I, I agree with that. easier. I think he can get to the line easier. I think he can, like, you know, just he looks a little bit more fluid. It definitely definitely has a nicer shot. He's definitely definitely more of just a, a, a shooter. He, he looks, for, looks for it on the catch and shoot, looks for it on the uh, whenever he can. So instead of screens, Nigel, it will. Nigel muscles his way for a size. He muscles his way inside a lot and. He's able to get he's able to get the line very well. Draws a lot of fouls. His shot was falling a little bit this weekend, and when his shot falls, that's what makes him that such a threat on the offensive end when he's knocking down all these shots. So it'll be interesting to see the team coming back from California. They get a few days off. We're playing on Wednesday against at home at home against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, a team they lost to last year that they shouldn't have. That's true. I, I do think that this men's team is going to end up playing pretty solid. I know we talked about their pre Sun Belt schedule not being very strong. But they're a competitive team, and you know they'll get wins wherever they can get them. And, and, wait, 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 it comes quick. They have just just seven non-conference games left already. Just seven, and then they start with App State and all the Sun Belt. And that's the only games that matter. It really though, I, I you could just shift that down to the only ha- half of the Sun Belt Conference really matters. The second half of the season, uh, the Sun Belt Conference season is when you really need to tune up. There's a lot of very you know non-important games in the schedule, and it's just fr- it's frustrating that we can't have it where, you know, seeding is more important and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe not have everybody get into the tournament. So moving to Texas State Volleyball, and I know I thought we were going to be done talking about them. We're not. They will host Texas Tech SMU Rice in the National Invitation Volleyball Championship play on Thursday. So this upcoming Thursday, so in a couple days, they're going to end up playing games in Strahan Coliseum. Very important. This is like the NIT of volleyball tournaments is what I'm being told. So it's nice to see a little bit more recognition. Maybe Texas Day can, you know, make make a run. I know that the men's basketball team hosted the CIT last year, and I think that, that was more of like a money grab kind of situation where they were trying to grab some money. This year, it's going to be really good because, like I said, Rice, SMU, and Texas Tech, bigger names, schools coming in. I think that's going to be really good for the school. Yeah, you know, definitely really cool. Also, all of them being Texas schools, so you get a little chance to – Little pride to flex your muscles in the state, going against all these other other schools, and especially uh, the schools that you play in other sports too. You know, basketball. The women's basketball team just played Tech at the beginning of the year and beat them. SMU, we don't see as much. Uh, I don't even think we've seen them in volleyball this year, but their team you might see sometimes in some of the other sports. And then Rice, we'll see off, kind of often, and we see them in football sometimes. Basketball for sure. I think we I think we see them in basketball this year. We do see them in basketball in men's side. So you know, chance to flex on. Your other, the other Texas, not as big Texas schools. Mainly talking about Rice here, because I guess Tech and SMU have us beat out. But it's still, it's just a little something to make your name known a little bit more. All right, I want to jump into the most important thing right now: the picks. So the week before, I went three and two. This year or this week, I went two and three. So I'm five and five right now for these picks. It's terrible. I'm blaming it kind of on you, Brendan. The I had to guess the South Florida versus UFC and got that one right. Texas Tech versus Texas. <laughs> It was another one of those where I don't know. I don't watch Texas State or Texas Tech football, so I kind of. I tried to tell you, Tech was five and six. They needed that win to get them to a bowl game. 
They got that win, and it saved Cliff Kingsbury's job. I forgot that UT was apathetic later in the season. Alabama versus Auburn, another one of those I picked You know, with my head. I said Alabama should win this game handily. Auburn ended up winning the Iron Bowl. Texas State women's team, I got that one right. And then Saints versus Rams. Let's break this down real quick. I said the Rams, then I went back and picked the Saints. Why do you do this to me, New Orleans? This is just, it's looks makes me look bad, makes you look bad. Stop it. And I also picked them by six and a half points, too. I didn't even pick them like in a close game. Six and a half points. I was completely wrong. So now, Brendan, it's your turn. You're 4-1. You're about to go 0-5. Friday, number 21, Stanford versus USC in the Pac-12 championship game. This is a very important game for a lot of reasons. First off, Sam Darnold plays. So this could be his last resume builder before going in the NFL draft. Yeah, definitely going to be a fun game. Uh, I'll have Sam Marcus... We'll have St. Marcus football on Friday, so maybe we'll get to watch it. Uh, but, yes, you said Stanford's ranked number 21 right now against USC. Stanford, it's hard to be, in any football, it's hard, in any level, it's hard to beat a team twice. USC beat Stanford early, earlier this year uh, on November 10th, 42-24, to 24, you know, a little soundly. But now Stanford's been a different team. They've been playing better. Bryce Love's the second in the FBS in rushing yards over 1,800. He scored 16 touchdowns. So I'm picking the Cardinals. Wow, okay. Going on to Saturday's game, Ohio versus Clemson in the ACC championship. The ACC champion, you're saying no? You said Ohio versus... Oh, I'm sorry. Miami versus Clemson in the ACC championship game. Let me start over. Second up, Brandon, Saturday, Miami versus Clemson in the ACC championship game. This game is for the worst conference in college football. Go. Worst conference, according to your opinion. Uh, Clemson, when I looked at it this morning, said they're nine and a half point favorite still is right now. I think they'll probably change as the week goes on. The line will shift a little bit. I was never big on Miami this year. Everyone was saying the U is back. I called them pretenders. And then they go and get beat by Pittsburgh this past this past week. Kind of proves my point a little bit. And, you know, Miami, their big thing is a turnover chain. Clemson doesn't turn the ball over very much. Kelly Bryant protects the ball, runs it well, throws decently. He has uh, six interceptions on the season. I think Clemson takes it again and, gets back and goes into the college football playoffs for a third straight year. Ohio State versus Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. You'll notice there's no Jim Harbaugh in this championship game. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning with the Buckeyes. I just, I'm one of those Wisconsin's resume has been been easy so far. Uh, Ohio State's played some tough games. Ever since the Iowa loss, they've won three straight, looking a little bit better. Uh, I'm going with JT Barrett. Weak pick. Minnesota at Atlanta in NFL talk. Give me the Falcons. Have to say that one, look you straight in the eye. The, the big Vikings fan over here. Look, I, I don't hate the Vikings. I don't. I, I don't have anything against the Vikings. You should. I, you're, I, you're about I, to start. I, I was always fine with them, and then I lived with you, so then they pulled them down a little bit. It's kind of like all the Houston sports around here. But they're going to Atlanta. It's gonna be Atlanta's been playing well as late. They've won a couple games now in a row. Their offense is looking a little bit better. I saw Julio Jones get 200 yards and two touchdowns uh, on Sunday, so he's looking better. I know Minnesota has a really good up front. The secondary. Pretty strong, too. Very strong. But it, it's going to be interesting to see because Atlanta's offense, when they're clicking, they can get it going. They're not afraid to take deep shots at you. Uh, I'm taking Atlanta in a close one at home. When Minnesota wins this game, I expect you to be wearing a King Keedum jersey. Going on, Carolina plays New Orleans. This is very interesting because right now, if the playoffs started today, we have three NFC South teams in the NFC playoff picture. Go. Um, give me the Carolina Panthers in this one. New Orleans went in and beat Carolina earlier this year in Carolina, early when they got that win streak started. I think Carolina gets their revenge. They've been playing pretty well, decent, uh, pretty well recently. 
uh, see how the Saints respond after after this past loss to the Rams. Uh, I, I'm leaning with the Panthers on that one. Interesting. Let's go into let's break down the AFC because I know this is our favorite thing to talk about the Tom Brady Conference. All right, we had the Jaguars. Let me set the scene. I get done talking to one of my good friends from high school uh, about the Jacksonville Jaguars and how he was really close on picking this team about two years ago. He said this team was going to be good. Now they're really good. So we get done about an hour of just, you know, bent on our knees on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They come out and they poo-poo the bed. It was it was embarrassing, and it made me look bad. It made him look bad. It made all of us look bad. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Blake Bortle made their fans and their parents and their relatives and their friends disappointed in them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. Jacksonville has looked better, yes, but you have to know if you don't have a real quarterback still, it, it's still going to be really tough. Blake, Blake, they talked about benching Blake Bortles been in the year for Chad Henney. They did a great job responding from that. They've completely limited his playbook over the past this this year compared to the last few years so he's making a lot more safe throws not asking him to throw as much they're leaning so much on Fournette, Yeldon, Ivory to they don't have a very good wide receiver core either like let's just give it like give it give Blake Bortles a little bit of credit he doesn't have like the you know an Antonio Brown or like a Julio Jones or an Odell Beckham Jr. who really have saved those three quarterbacks careers like we're going to be completely honest Antonio Brown probably has put like an extra three or four years on Big Ben Odell Beckham Jr. has made Eli Manning look like a competent quarterback. Matt Ryan was called his, like, you know, Matty Ice, which is, like, the name of a boy band singer. Julio Jones saved his career. So we we have this point now where Blake Bortles doesn't have that wide receiver. I still like him in the AFC play, like playoffs. I'm still hoping for a uh, AFC championship game, Pitts, or uh, AFC championship game, Tom Brady against Blake Bortles in Foxborough. In the cold New England, they're, what are they going to do? They can't throw the ball 50 times with a 40-year-old quarterback. be perfect scene. Uh, I'd, I'd still pick New England comfortably in that one. But yeah, Jacksonville will probably get to host a playoff game. So let's see how they respond to that. Right now, the, the, the wild card teams would be Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see how that progresses as the season goes on. The Bills, uh, the, the Ravens yet, yet to play their Monday night game against the Houston Texans. So when they get that done... We'll see if they're at the standings. Jacksonville, Jacksonville beat up Baltimore earlier this year. I think they'd beat Buffalo if they played them. So they could they could be reaching to the divisional round of the playoffs. Never bet on the Buffalo Bills. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Lapine podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to get off the bench and get out there. Thanks for listening, guys.